talk about tech nowadays, we all think about software, and more importantly, we think about big tech. You know, if you do want the philosophical definition of technology, it's an amplifier of intent. So, whatever we abstract idea we have in our heads, through technology, we can manifest in the real world. I don't think I don't agree with that at all. I think an entrepreneur, every human being, is naturally a creative entrepreneurial person, and who can, you know. Through the power of will, conviction, commitment, passion, can mold the world around them. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast, an official Wonderland Miami 2023 conference media partner. Today we have the privilege to talk to Rod Siraj, the Bangladeshi Canadian entrepreneur and founder of the Mission Club, an angel investor network and education platform supporting startups addressing mental health using psychedelics. In this episode, we'll discuss the convergence of community, consciousness, and capital in the Wonderland Miami 2023 conference context. Rod will share his valuable insights on diversifying the narrative landscape in psychedelics and creating a vibrant ecosystem where all possibilities can coexist, including technology, analog, decriminalization, and medical approaches. Without further ado, please welcome Rod to the show. Rod, hey man, what's up? Hey Keith, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate the uh, wonderful intro. Well, it's great to have you on the show and thank you for taking the time and also for being a a speaker and attendee at the Wonderland Conference uh, in Miami. I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Likewise, I've been going to. Uh, you're very lucky to go to Wonderland since year one. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this is year three. I think. Right. Um, time has warped completely since the pandemic, but yeah, as always, it's become this annual thing that we all do. Uh, it's sort of an annual pilgrimage to Miami. Wonderland. I'm very excited for it. This year, the themes are broader with uh, longevity included. So it promises to be the same and also different. Um, yeah. Well, as an old dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about the longevity aspect. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. So, so like you're, you're kind of involved with a number of things. You're, uh, you know, you're involved with entrepreneurship, with mental health, with psychedelics. I'm just wondering, how did you get involved with Wonderland? And, you know, the conference and, you know, what, what, what's a little bit about your story? I appreciate that question. Um, so I'm, I was born in Bangladesh and um, I grew up in Saudi Arabia for 14 years because my father was a migrant worker there. And after having spent 14 years there, I went back to Bangladesh and came to Canada about 20 years ago now, which sounds crazy to even say. Hmm. I came here as a student and I spent my entire professional career um in social impact technologies. I started my career in biotech and cancer research and then moved into clean tech. And then uh, in 2012 was one of the founding uh, team members for mm-hmm. what was at that time, one of the world's first technology accelerator dedicated to water. So we brought together governments, VCs, hmm. founders uh, to, to create new solutions for water needs, whether you're a giant enterprise like Ikea or a small village in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last couple of years, I moved on to the world of enterprise software and B2B businesses in particular. But really, the idea was that, you know, how do you leverage technology? My philosophy on impact was that technology first. Technology can be a great 
uh, force multiplier for change, positive change, and so on. Mm-hmm. However, in the last couple of years, partly uh, you know owing to my experience with um, the medicines, mm-hmm. and prefer uh, particularly my personal transformation or transformational experience with uh, these medicines, my f- social impact thesis has changed a little bit from technology first to thinking like. Well, if we are going to change the world for the better, or at least become more resilient culturally, we have to first address the inner conditions, mm. because we have to alter our in- internal value sets if we are going to use technology for the better. Mm. Otherwise, we're just monkeys of the plant. Mm. And as we've seen historically throughout time and again and again, better tools don't mean better humans or better mm-hmm. societies. Mm-hmm. We have to alter uh, our inner conditions. So. From that perspective, psychedelics to me feel like a, a great amplifier of our better nature. It's mm-hmm. not a panacea by any means, mm-hmm. but it can make us kinder and better, and hopefully more courageous. That's been my journey, and it, you know, it's brought me to everything that I'm building now. But in regards to Wonderland, mm-hmm. I've been very lucky to know the good folks at Microdose. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an LP in the Conscious Fund. The Conscious Fund invested in Microdose, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been very lucky to work with those guys very closely. Mm-hmm. And again, been very lucky to be invited back to Wonderland as a speaker. So mm-hmm. that's sort of right. the connection there. Great. So uh, Richard Scaife is uh, you you know him, and uh, we yeah, had him Andre on the show Richard, recently. Yeah. yeah, really nice fellow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know Connor, uh, I uh, you know we just released our episode with Connor Haslam, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we call him the Wizard of Wonderland. That was uh, <laughs> I thought that was great. I, I just a, a remarkable fellow, and the work that's being done here is 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 really good i I love this idea of what you say that you know uh technology first i i certainly come out of the technology area and i used to talk about technology uh and the ability to interconnect people all around the world and we looked at people convergence that was my 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 tagline if you will my idea but what you're saying, I think, is really important because change really, you know, if you're going to, ch- technology can take us so far, but then it's about the inside out. Change is an inside job. And I think that's really in- incredibly important. And certainly the medicine can help us get there to unravel and unbundle, you know, any Ooh. of the trauma or any of the issues, not all of them, but, you know, at least help us to look at. And then, obviously, we have to be the change we want to see. We have to activate that change in the world. Let me ask you, when you look at your work and the significance of the work in, you know, convergence of community, consciousness, and capital in the emerging ecosystem of psychedelics, what role do you think entrepreneurs and investors can play in helping with this convergence? Because it's a different kind of convergence than the one I talked about, right? It's the convergence of the inside to the outside and really, really implementing those changes in the world. So I want to hear your thoughts about that. I think it's a fantastic question, actually. So I think of technology and entrepreneurship from a very philosophical perspective. So, I mean, if you talk about technology, when we talk about tech nowadays, we all think about software and more importantly, we think about big tech. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do want a philosophical definition of technology, it's an amplifier of intent. Mm-hmm. So whatever we abstract idea we have in our heads, through technology, we can manifest in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Now you combine technology with resources and power, you can have the world being molded in a particular way mm-hmm. to serve a particular group of people. So, but the philosophical definition of technology is the amplifier of intent. 
Now, going to entrepreneurship, similarly, I think of entrepreneur, like the little definition of entrepreneurship or entrepreneur is somebody who creates value. Mm -hmm. Now, what kind of value are we talking about? Again, I think it's on the word entrepreneur has been co-opted by big tech or technology mm -hmm. in particular to mean, mm -hmm. you know, an upper middle class, usually a white dude who wears mm -hmm. a blazer and jeans mm -hmm. or a hoodie, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't agree with that at all. I think an entrepreneur, every human being is a naturally a creative entrepreneurial person and who can, you know, through the power of will, conviction, commitment, passion, can mold the world around them, right? Mm -hmm. Their communities and so on. So when I think of entrepreneurship, particularly in the world of psychedelics, mm -hmm. you know, I think of somebody who is, you know, acting with conviction, acting with commitment, acting mm -hmm. with clarity and integrity, mm -hmm. right? Whether you are, a, you know, you're, you aim to be a better parent, whether you aim to be a better you know, uh, artist, whether you aim to be a better CEO, whether you aim to run a not-for-profit, a better, it's just showing up a particular way. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, when you're running organizations, when you're running institutions, mm -hmm. there's a lot more at play, right? How do you people make people feel included? How do you achieve your mission together? Mm. How do you inspire? But first and foremost, I think acting with integrity, mm -hmm. acting with commitment and conviction. So those are the elements that I think are really prominent but are not exclusive to psychedelics mm -hmm. uh, that's part of what i want to talk about is that psychedelics mm -hmm. is in itself is a very has become a very insular world mm -hmm. how do we actually open it up so mm -hmm. it's not about us in the world of psychedelics but rather how do we show up and have the entire world participate mm. so what i hear you talking about you know and, and this is really wonderful the amplifier of intent so a lot of people are constricted and, you know, we have this default mode network, this this construct of who we think we are, but yet, you know, it's the story that we don't necessarily know of, implicit or explicit story. So what I say is the psychedelics really being, helping us to be the medicine to really look at the story, whatever that story is, unbundle that story. And then I really like this idea of the entrepreneurship that we're all entrepreneurs. I, I, I look at it like you, what came to my mind was the CEO of my life. I'm the chief mm -hmm. executive operation mm -hmm. officer of my life, right? I'm the CEO of my life. So, you know, I think to that end, uh, when you then tie it back to your words around, you know, intent and integrity and, you know, being integrity, uh, really integrus, being whole and complete, your word, your thoughts, your words and your actions are whole and complete. What you think and what you say is what you do. I love that idea of being able to go ahead and manifest that. And, you know, I, I, I really do believe that Wonderland is a sort of a microcosm, a little Petri dish where we go ahead and get to really, you know, explore those ideas. This this year is going to be really very, very different. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to really be around community. So I, I, I love the ideas that you're bringing to the table here, Ron. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's really well said. CEO of your of your life. I think that's I'm going to steal that, Keith. Uh, Please. <laughs> really well said. You know, I, Wonderland, I, I, what I really like about it is that it tends to bring out the entire community. Mm -hmm. I think particularly now, see, it's a little weird, right? People who are new to this space are like, oh, I guess we're now in a down market and mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. But I mean, people who've been here for A, thousands of years, but B, decades, mm -hmm. who've been doing this work, this is not new, right? This is not a bad 
time. This is just <laughs> the work. We show up, we do the work, and hopefully, <laughs> slowly by slowly, this thing unfolds in a meaningful way. And so Wonderland's really good in sort of bringing a, you know, a wide variety of people mm-hmm. to sort of like Miami. And I mean, it's, it's amazing that considering that how small the team is of Microdose, mm-hmm. Connor, Pat, and Christina, they, these mm-hmm. guys like pull up one, like a wonderful event. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to, you know, pull out something this big, especially right now with sponsorships drying up and so on. So kudos mm-hmm. to those guys for really, uh, you know, crushing it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a real diverse uh, landscape there, lots of uh, different narratives and, uh, you know, different voices and perspectives. What impact do you think, uh, you know, all that can have on developing and adopting, you know, these psychedelic therapies and really looking at the landscape to go ahead and move it forward? Yeah, I think it's really, really important to develop an ecosystem mindset. Mm hmm. What is not clear to anyone, and I, I think this actually benefits all of us, is that there is no clear sense of who's going to win. And maybe mm-hmm. that's not even the point. Mm-hmm. The point of it is, like, I often say that, you know, it's not about psychedelic businesses, it's about psychedelic business models. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as psychedelic business. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell that even means. Mm-hmm. But business models is what we're talking about, right? And business models incorporate different ways of thinking, different mm-hmm. kinds of leadership, and so on. Um, it's very important to have a ecosystem a mindset about this and view on the space because you'll have multiple outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Depending mm-hmm. on the, you know, where people are on their healing journey, for the lack of a better word, right? If mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. require immediate medical intervention mm-hmm. because you have a severe mental disorder, mm-hmm. you know, mental health is not synonymous to mental disorder, but mm-hmm. mental disorder is a big part of mental health and what we talk about, at least on these sort of overground conversation. Mm-hmm clinical settings and you know whatever that looks like um, maybe you know uh, synthetic psychedelics maybe mm-hmm. uh, novel psychedelic compounds that are derived for natural psychedelics is one thing which is great mm-hmm. right and i think a lot of people will choose that and they should have mm-hmm. the right to choose that mm-hmm. on the other hand you know if you are looking for something that is integrated into your life for you know for you to again become a better parent a more mm-hmm more attuned human being, a kinder mm-hmm. person, uh, more so a person who steps up to conflict rather than creating conflict, you know, a better partner to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to integrate psychedelics in a different way in your life. Mm-hmm. For them, the retreats, for them, the sort of little community hubs, for them, the underground practitioners, maybe mm-hmm. that is a equally, you know, attractive or the right place to go. Mm-hmm. These are not dichotomous. These are not, um, you know, two extreme ends, mm-hmm. they have to coexist together, right? right. And so this is why I mean like an ecosystem is really important. Furthermore, we have to destigmatize all these different conversations because ultimately for me, it is not about psychedelics. It's mm-hmm. about how do we show up, how do we clean up and show up mm. uh, in the world that is increasingly in disarray and full mm. of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I really like that, you know, because... Uh, uh, I mean, that's what the show is all about, the mindfulness experience. How do we show up? How do we presence ourselves within the moment so that we're not escaping or looking to escape into some other kind of altered reality? We're really dealing with our reality. So again, it's back to that, you know, I'm the CEO of my life and, you know, um, the ability to go ahead and, and be present, um, you know, that's 
that's really dependent upon, you know, the things that destroy the house, the things that, you know, do nothing and the things that actually help build the house or help build your life in a way that's very constructive. And the other thing you said that I thought was very interesting was the idea of consciousness, connection and clarity. In my mind, that's the way I interpreted it, you know, which is, you know, how do we uh, at the end of the day, this conference is about not just about psychedelics, right? And I think psychedelics themselves, I, I really look at them, I, I'd like to change that name to wisdom medicine. You know, medicine that really helps with, you know, your neurogenesis, your neuroplasticity, help you to be more conscious and more connected. At this particular conference, we're also going to see different people that are there. We're involved in wellness, longevity, and psychedelics, but there'll also be a very, um, you know, rooted entheogen population that's rooted in maybe shamanic practices, involved in indigenous healing practices. And I'm wondering in the context of psychedelic therapy or in relationship to, um, you know, how can we ensure that these traditional approaches you know are not only respected but you know is there is there a need to have them there i mean i'm 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 one of those people that really believes that you know set setting that we create the right container and that involves a lot of you know, intention you know to your earlier point you know it's all about intention what do you want to do and what do you want to create within that 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 setting while you're in that you know deep dive to go ahead and unravel or take a look at or expand your consciousness and your view of life so you know what's your view is it one way or the other do they both coexist are we talking about really a new model a new paradigm shift in some way in your view i think it's incredibly important um and you know almost i would say fundamental to um, the space for a couple of reasons. A, if we are to learn anything, or if we are to, or to have learned anything, or if we are to build something better, then we have to grow a cultural memory. And, you know, this is again not novel. What does our cultural memory tell us? That these medicines and people, mm-hmm. these stewards of these medicines, have existed for eons, mm-hmm. right? And they perfected the set and setting through trial and error. Mm-hmm. The issue in the Western, you know, Western industrialized culture is that we remove the substance from the aesthetics mm-hmm. and we're obsessed with the aesthetics. So as long as you look like some, you know, as long as you, as long as you look like a shaman, you are a shaman. Mm-hmm. We don't care about the pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really important because when you serve the medicine, you actually have a responsibility to steward a person's well-being. And because so much may come up that they know, that they may know about or may not know about. So to modulate somebody's experience, because you have you all, yourself have the pedigree hmm. to bring out the best while mitigating for the worst, that takes time. That takes that takes knowledge, and you have to respect the lineage from which it comes from. I am not at all. I'm the first one to say I have no business talking uh, mm-hmm. for someone or for mm-hmm. any indigenous community. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to see how I think. You know, there's a lot of lip service when we talk about indigenous reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And I think it does not, for me, if you really care about indigenous reciprocity, talk about creating opportunity for these very impoverished neighbor, uh, communities mm-hmm. from which the medicines come. 
you know mm-hmm. when you go to a retreat who are they you know who do they hire are we building up competence and mm-hmm. are we building up skill sets are we creating livelihoods for these communities where people are impoverished they don't even have drinking water and here we are talking about healing and taking god's medicine mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of lip service again there's there's some fantastic models and people who are doing it really well but i think we have to be really careful when we say yes let's bring people in let's include them but let's also be genuine and not tokenize anybody mm. well you know that's uh, that's a wonderful um sentiment and I, i i really like that and i have a lot of thoughts around that you know because i i come from a technology background i i've certainly have seen what technology can do for the good but i've also seen how it can really put people into a subservient position and really um you know um if you will um uh strip a culture strip uh you know uh, a population of of their heritage and their mm-hmm. livelihood because of the um you know the 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 basically the value that various cultures bring to the table um and i'm wondering in terms of your vision of psychedelics you know what do you think we can do to create a sustainable and equitable ecosystem where you can really look at all the stakeholders maybe even look at the companies you know where they have patents or practitioners or entrepreneurs and investors i mean this is a big this is a big thing i mean it's huge because really what we're doing is we're 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 in some way looking to the past so we can deal with the present and then we can move into the future right we're we're having this hindsight moment where we're looking at these indigenous cultures and their wisdom and how do we then encapsulate that or modify it or hold on to it in some way honor it and then how do we go into the future so i'm just wondering do you have any thoughts around that at all i think you're asking a really important but a huge question right yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. I, it doesn't have one solution it's probably have a whole mm-hmm. sets of solutions my my perspective where i'm in my life right now is to do to pick your battle and do it the best way possible mm. it can solve every problem uh and this is why i, actually, I mean i always often joke like what is the what good is another burnt out good person mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we try to fight all battles at the same you know all times and nobody has the energy for that so rather pick one part of a problem that you feel really passionate about like for me financial inclusion you know intergenerational wealth and by wealth i don't mean just capital and money i mean mm-hmm. the time for leisure financial mm-hmm. security for your family knowing that everybody around you is taken care of mm-hmm. that is very important for me you know in everything that i do because you know um Yes, I want to do my best, but I also want to make sure my family, people I love are taken care of. Mm-hmm. That is at the root of everything that I do because I don't come from money. You know, I grew up in a lot of poverty and I a substantial amount of my family is still in dire conditions mm-hmm. in Bangladesh. So, that's just one one example though, right? Mm-hmm. If you talk about let's say consumerism, I think consumer is going to be a huge issue. Mm-hmm. If we are to treat ayahuasca and peyote just like they're Kit Kats, Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. go on Google buy from anywhere mm-hmm. we're in big you know deep fucking problems like we're in deep <laughs> trouble right so if you choose to buy mm-hmm. purchase where can you buy um you know thoughtfully um mm-hmm. when we talk about synthetic versus organic mm-hmm. particularly as it pertains to let's say something like 5MeO DMT mm-hmm. 
I think it's really wrong to melt the shit out of a toad so it dies mm-hmm. because there's nothing left mm-hmm. because you want to reach God. Whereas mm-hmm. the synthetic version is just as good. Mm-hmm. So these, these, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying we have to look at the complexity of the world we built. Mm-hmm. Everything has a butterfly effect. Everything has implications. If we are talking about solely about say synthetic versus organic, five hundred DMT, sure, I would prefer the organic five hundred DMT as well, mm-hmm. sourced mm-hmm. from the toad. Right. But given that the toad is critically endangered, it is my responsibility to make sure that the animal survives and thrives, and not use it again, extract value from it. Same thing goes for peyote. Mm-hmm. I do not feel that we should be able to eat peyote. That is, you know, un, you know, unless you grow in the farms and stuff, or like at home, we should not be taking away from the indigenous communities that mm-hmm. have uh, that that rely on it. Mm-hmm. You know, for for their personal healing from the so devastating effects plant. of terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. So I think this, we have to recognize that the world is complex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just the sort of like areas that I highlighted. But again, you can apply it to say, let's say. Who do I hire when I hire people, right? Mm-hmm. How do I talk about indigenous practices when I talk about it? Are there specific communities I can highlight? Each one of us, through our influence, has a mic. Who mm-hmm. can we pass the mic to? Mm-hmm. Is a question mm-hmm. that I ask myself at least. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, you're you're talking about really values, uh, you know, vision and values and um, ethics, you know, and uh, what would seem to be common sense, right? You know, I mean, and obviously the old saying common sense isn't too common especially when we're dealing with a, a you know an industrial you know network a capitalist society where it really is about the chase for the money and the chase for capitalism i mean you know i know you're in canada less capitalistic than the us at least you've got socialized medicine there but you might come to the us for because you can't get an appointment for a couple of months. I don't know what whatever <laughs> exactly. the case is. But exactly. you know, the my 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 point is is that certainly, you know, when you look at the money, the chase for the money doesn't necessarily always carry the values and the ethics that it really needs to. And I mean that is, you know, problematic. And I'm 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 just I'm pers- you know, I'm an older guy than you are, and I'm concerned about the sustainability of our planet. One of the things you talked about was, you know, not turning it into Kit Kats. And I know uh, up in Toronto where you are, uh, you know, when I look at the cannabis legalization, you know, cannabis is available just about anywhere. You can get it delivered to your doorstep, but also now mushrooms, you know, psilocybin, you know, going out and I was talking with someone else on the show and, you know, we were talking about the fact that there really is no uh, labeling and no education that really goes with that. And wouldn't it be terrible if some woman, and he was specifically talking about, I I think it was actually Connor who was talking about the fact that there was a 60-year-old woman that was going into a store and nobody provided any education. You know, who knows what her health was? Who knows what the contraindications were? There was nothing there, you know? So how do we deal with that? I mean, because that could potentially undermine, obviously, the consciousness capability and the ability for people to really uh, change the world because they've changed themselves, yeah? Yeah, you know, um, I think to your earlier point, if you look at this as a form of technology, mm-hmm. then 
we have to accept that every technology is a double-edged sword because ultimately it comes back to the human who uses technology and say, okay, what value sets am I amplifying? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't believe taking psychedelics makes you a better person at all. Uh, I believe that it depends on the container that mm-hmm. you're in. I think for a and lot of people, mm-hmm. yeah. And and for the lack of a better word, I think a lot of people become bigger insufferable assholes on psychedelics, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's because, you know, the thing is like, these are just medicines and without education, without the right container, without the right pedigree, mm-hmm. we can amplify particular mm-hmm. behaviors, right? Mm-hmm which have nothing to do with, let's say, a capitalistic system, but rather the value set that you are ingrained Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And because, I think this is something we don't talk about in the underground much, Mm -hmm. and there's, I believe, assaults and all these sort of like, you know, sort of like the darker shadows of, of, Mm -hmm. of human nature are much more prevalent than we hear that we talk about. Um, we have to, as a community, come to face what happens, what the, uh, the darker side, mm-hmm. right? Not just the positive. There's like, a, there's, there's like a confirmation bias in the world mm-hmm. of psychedelics. We only hear the good stuff, but there's a lot of right. shit. There's right. a lot of bad things that happen. We have to talk about it because only then can we build the right container. To your mm-hmm. point about these dispensaries, first of all, I, I think there's a lot of misconception that Psychedelics or mushrooms are somehow legal in Canada. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're still illegal. What happens right. is that they're low uh, enforcement priority. So mm-hmm. police or the cops don't take it seriously. They don't mm-hmm. consider it a serious enough problem where they would allocate uh, scarce resources to go mm-hmm. and finding and finding people. Right. Now, this presents both an opportunity to educate for all of us to participate but is is you know a, a shop somebody who's out there just to uh, take up you know to take the opportunity at hand to make some money that's mm-hmm. always going to exist mm-hmm. you know right. so i think this is really where i think each of us have a have responsibility and opportunity to actually talk about what we do i talk about psychedelics openly mm-hmm. i mean there was a whole process where I had to like really uh, confront my fears and go like, mm-hmm. oh shit, if I had psychedelic to my LinkedIn, what happens? Mm-hmm. But this is an opportunity for us to say, hey, look, I take psychedelics. I'm a normal person. <laughs> right. I'm not so depraved criminal mm-hmm. or some, you know, would be shaman. Mm-hmm. I'm just a normal person, a normal dude. So like, and through my, through my hope, hopefully my conduct, I can inspire others to also open their minds. Mm-hmm. and learn more mm-hmm. so um yeah i think to your point uh, the education and the normalization of psychedelics and more importantly the wisdom and the mind uh, uh expanding you know the consciousness raising elements of it are really very important you know i i i do believe certainly that maps is going to help um, you know, legalize and normalize a lot of the therapeutic uh, interventions that are around it. And then at the other side of it, I mean, every you know individual has, you know, their own life and their own mm-hmm. determination. Everyone is, you know, is the, you know, we are self-determined uh, human beings, we would hope, if we're not escaping. And that becomes the real question, you know, uh, what are you taking it for? And really educating people on the possibility of, uh, you know, having a bad trip or, 
you know, taking it in the right company, having the right mindset, the right setting and the right integration, because if you don't integrate or activate, you know, the, uh, the things that you might see in your unconscious mind or the things that are unveiled to you, then really it's, you know, what's the point? You, 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 you just go back again and again and again and again, and, you know, exactly. get, get bad results, you know, that's, exactly. And, um, you know, to further that point, um, you know, Anne Shulgin would say that with psychedelics, <laughs> you tend to go through the darker stuff first mm. and then you start to enjoy it. And I think as part of the education and self-experimentation, <laughs> this Bali autonomy perspective, I do feel like recreation, having just fun with it is really mm -hmm. important. You know, it doesn't have to be work all the time. It's just right. fun. I think as human beings, like we learn to play, we learn to escape. Mm -hmm. You know, um, as long as it's integrated, right? As long as you do it meaningfully, because the thing is like for a lot of people, recreational use mm -hmm. will become the entry point. The mm -hmm. problem is that a lot of us have bad trips because we feel shame. We feel mm -hmm. fear of being criminalized. We so go, we go out with people that we don't mean to. And we have these experiences in a setting that does not feel safe or good. Mm -hmm. And then we get scarred forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Rather say, you know, as, this is why I love, um, you know, safe rave sort of communities would talk mm -hmm. about substances and they educate and they say, Hey, even if you have a bad trip, it's okay. We got you. We love you. Mm -hmm. Here's a safe place. Drink some water, you know, and Carl Hart, uh, I love his reframing mm -hmm. from harm reduction to risk reduction mm -hmm. because the emphasis is not on harm. It's on mm -hmm. the risk, mm -hmm. right? So you may have a good trip. Hey, you might have a bad trip too. Mm -hmm. There's a risk always, but, you know, mm -hmm. we're human beings, we're creative, we, we have agency. Mm -hmm. So how do we do it the best way possible for whatever ends and whatever means? Right. And I, I like the breakdown of the word uh, recreation to recreation and the ability mm. to Beautiful. recreate, yeah. to go ahead yes. and go back and to really enjoy life, to look at, you know, things that you may not have seen in a different light or a different having a different perspective. And then even the bad stuff, I mean, as fodder, you know, you, you uh, someone said a long time ago, you know, you need a lot of manure to grow wonderful gardens, <laughs> you know, so, so dig it up, go ahead and lay it down, put down the Ooh. seeds and see what you get from the manure and, you know, see how you can go ahead and cultivate, you know, a new perspective. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I yeah. do feel like, you know, from that perspective, um, having as many lived experiences be part of the conversation is really important mm -hmm. right because i always ask myself okay in what world can my very pious muslim parents mm. feel comfortable to eat some mushrooms mm. you know in what set and setting because they have you know i thought i have stuff mm -hmm. to go through my parents mm -hmm. who grew up with much you know mm -hmm. much less went through a lot more adversity a lot more harsh hardships they have shit that they have not worked through. So, mm -hmm. But in what set and setting would they be so comfortable? So I think, I always think about that. How do you broaden the narrative landscape, right? To include other lived experiences. Right, let me let me ask you, uh, sort of shifting a, a little bit, uh, if you will, uh, again, back to the Wonderland Conference or back to your own personal experience, looking at startups and initiatives that really address mental health uh, using psychedelics and, you know, Perhaps what criteria would you use to evaluate their potential and impact? Do you have a sense as to some of the startups that are out there and, you know, what's happening in the market, the field, if you will? Yeah, it's an interesting time, both mm -hmm. because, I mean, you know, if you look at the world of startups, um, 
particularly in psychedelics, we have like, we have, there's very like many layers of more risk involved in this space, right? Mm-hmm. On one hand, you can look at, let's say, the markets at large. Everything's sort of like down, right? Mm-hmm. There's a period of inflation and so on. Then you look at the layers of biotech, which is even more risky, right? Mm-hmm. Because with biotech and pharma in particular, they're called dual outcome. So you can mm-hmm. spend a billion dollars and get a yes or a no. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So very risky. And then you have psychedelics, which pharma or biotech is part of it. Mm-hmm. But that's where the money went. Most of the money went the last two years. Mm-hmm. And so now the, thing, the way things have moved is now people are asking, okay, synthetic psychedelics, which mm-hmm. are probably the only thing that is defensible, which is great for the community because they'll leave mushrooms and mm-hmm. peyote, these things alone, so that they're either for indigenous use or for community use. Mm-hmm. And that's where the decrim side of things work, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say synthetic psychedelics, meaning that, you know, uh, they're not just derivatives, they're novel compounds in general mm-hmm. that have psych- mm-hmm. psychedelic impact uh, or outcomes. And then you have things like what happens post legalization and approval? Okay, well, retreats. Okay, what kind of clinics? Okay, what kind of software are the therapists using? Uh, who, co- who ensures the mm-hmm. experience? Because right. right now it's extremely expensive given the sort of protocols that are going to be implemented, whether using maps protocols and so on, very right. six, expensive. A six-hour journey. I mean, you know, uh, how do you how do you how do you yeah. pay for the therapist? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it's out of the bounds of most people. This is where I think one of our portfolio companies is Anthea, one of my favorite you know uh, companies out there. Shay Race, you know, one of the few women of color and CEOs in this space. An incredible person. Like you should have her you know, on your podcast at some point. Her her choices are nuts. Um, you know, an amazing person, amazing company. Josh and Sherry are building something really, I think, unique. You know, they're solving that problem where it's just like, okay, if you know, if you look in the world of B two B, right? So if you're uh, if you're like an employee at Amazon or Facebook or something like that, um, chances are you're looking for mental health support. Chances are you are not utilizing your employee assistance program Mm -hmm. chances are you're also disengaged right um and not as productive as you could be and you're looking for something you're hearing about psychedelic therapy Mm -hmm. but again who's going to pay for it how do you Mm -hmm. access it Mm -hmm. they've they meet that need where Mm -hmm. they have a national sort of coverage now for psychedelic assisted psychotherapy starting with ketamine for now because it's legal for employees in giant enterprises Mm -hmm. there's I, I think and that's Anthea do, is that Anthea.com how do you Anthea, spell that it's Anthea E-N-T-H-E-A I think it's dot com but mm-hmm. um, I have to find the website for you yeah okay, um, but Sherry Race R-A-I-S um, mm-hmm. is the CEO and founder mm-hmm. uh, an amazing company right um, mm-hmm. I think they are they are really building something that is a, you know there's mm-hmm. a huge gap mm-hmm. because again once post legalization approval, what happens? How do actually people access the medicines? That's a huge issue. I think, you know, building more clinics, making sure certifying uh, more therapists is a huge issue right now. Try getting mental health support, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. eight months, eight to 18 months, I think is the wait, average waiting period. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Okay. Then you get, then you, let's say you find a therapist. Oh, you don't even like the therapist. Great. Mm-hmm. It's not a good match. Okay, then you might, there's a 50% chance that your depression might be mis- misdiagnosed. Mm. Okay, great. You found someone, you've been misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. It just, the hurdles are insane. Right. Right. So 
there's a, the opportunity to meet you know each of these gaps that's just overground and on the medical clinical setting if you talk mm-hmm. about re- in retreats if you talk about what is what do community uh, mm-hmm. level models look like what does integration circles mm-hmm. look like what are what are the services you can build around it mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out mm-hmm. that's why i say it's all of the above right now and let's mm-hmm. pay attention to all of it mm-hmm. oh it's a very interesting um you know uh uh, certainly, I, I do work, uh, some preparation work and integration work with a ketamine clinic locally as a psychedelic assisted therapy provider. And, uh, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically, I'm a vet and, you know, I'm uh, interested in working with the vet population. And I've talked to, uh, we've had Stephen uh, Zanakis, General uh, Stephen Zanakis on the show. Uh, who's uh, heading up the American Psychedelic Practitioners Association. And, you know, getting uh, insurance for vets to go ahead and cover a mm-hmm. ketamine treatment uh, is, 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 is unbelievable. You can't, you know, so Anthea sounds very interesting to me. But then the other side of it, of course, is, you know, how do you then um, match it? How do you go ahead and build community around it? How do you go ahead and support individuals? Because mm-hmm. we, we do know that this, you know, this area uh, we have a we have a um, uh, a real uh, problem, uh, certainly in this country, with loneliness and individuation, and people aren't in community and they're, you know, feeling like they're alone and desperate and suicidal. Certainly around vets, that's a, a real issue. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is really uh, uh, important. You know. Do you think that we're going to be able to ensure psychedelic therapies are accessible and affordable to, you know, all people at some particular point, regardless of their socioeconomic background? And, you know, what role can investors play in this? I mean, is Inthea a public company or are there companies that people can invest in or look at that can go ahead and push this, you know, ball cross court? Yeah, so I mean it's a really good question, Keith. I think, and this is this is not just for psychedelics, but for mm-hmm. the world at large. When we talk about investing, I think it's mm-hmm. important to ask, well, how many different kinds of investors are there, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of personas are we talking about? The issue I think has that has happened in the last 10, 15 years is that every investor, when you hear the word investor, you think, oh, investor who invests in. SaaS or software. Mm-hmm. The way software grows and scales is very different from, from how a clinic or a small business may grow. Mm-hmm. And the investors that go after a Facebook is very different from the investor that may go after a small mom and pop shop mm-hmm. or a small clinic or a small business in your community. They all have investors, mm-hmm. but they're not going to have the different, they're going to have a different profile. So I think it's really important for people to ask, well, how do I want to play? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one part of it. So when you Second talk part, about that, you mean not only about the money, but time, um, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, w- wealth, wisdom and money, you know, wealth, wisdom and uh, and uh, uh, wealth, wisdom and um, yeah, actually working with the company to go ahead and advise them and, and work. Exactly. With them. Exactly. So I think for a startup, they need more than just money. Mm-hmm. In most cases, yes, money is really, really important, but, you know, if right now it's a little more difficult or maybe the choice is more black and white because like money is not much you know around Mm -hmm. but a startup that is 
really good will have choices and they'll say should i take money from you know me should i take money from me Keith, or should i take money from you can you see me hearing Keith? i can hear you go ahead uh, yeah we have a okay. little bit of a delay but you're good yeah yeah i think it's okay now yeah so the question for them they say that you know this startup is raising money and they're doing really mm -hmm. well they may say okay you know capital is a commodity meaning that mm -hmm. my dollar is the same as your dollar but what do you bring to the table and me? You may, you know, for they might find that, hey, Keith is really involved in the community. He also brings with him, you know, through with him uh, mm -hmm. skills and communications, you know, he's also, he's also a vet. So he's got, mm -hmm. you know, powerful stories and lived experiences. Me, maybe it's just capital. Mm -hmm. So I think people need, everybody's actually an investor. There's mm -hmm. some systemic structural issues, of course, that prevent people from, let's say, investing in startups or investing in private companies, but that's really starting to shift in a big way, mm -hmm. right? Um, and what I think people are recognizing now is that like, look, we have this thing called the internet. We can actually learn a lot mm -hmm. from it, right? Mm -hmm. Information is free if you know how to access mm -hmm. or where to find it. Okay, so if I'm an informed investor mm -hmm. and I know my risk tolerance, why mm -hmm. shouldn't I be able to write a check and invest in a small business that I care about? Mm -hmm. So I think people have to say, okay, if I invest in a business, do I want a return tomorrow? Then I should not be investing. I should just buy, be buying Starbucks mm -hmm. stock or whatever, mm -hmm. right? I should, um, but if you're investing in a business, it's a long journey. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. being an investor, acting like an investor, helping the mm -hmm. founder, helping the founding team, capital to me today is, can be defined by money, yes, mm -hmm. by network, but also by network, by influence, by, uh, by skill. You know, who do you have access to? You can be a champion for the company, mm -hmm. right? Amphia, mm -hmm. I love the company. We're very lucky to be an you know, early investor. Mm -hmm. I would talk about them all the time, and hopefully that generates value for Amphia. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, you know, what you're talking about, um, I like the long tail perspective. You know, where a lot of people uh, might want to get involved like they did in the cannabis market. You know, thinking that this is going to be a big money maker and let me put my money in it. Let me go ahead and see where the returns are. But we we do know that, you know, certainly uh, a lot of those canopy stocks, a lot of the cannabis stocks just sort of fell apart. And, you know, I think the the market is uh, in in some way uh, in in trouble because, it you know, it moved so much into the recreational area away from the medicinal qualities there's a real medicinal quality to it and i i really do hope that we have the guardrails up here and uh, i really appreciate uh, you talking about you know the challenges the opportunities in this emerging field and really the entrepreneurship and you know the idea of you know having an amplifier of your intent whether or not that's an investment or whether or not that's being the CEO of your own life and really taking charge in terms of what you expect to get out of it. Let me ask you, I know, I hope I'll see you uh, down in Miami and you're going to be there. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, what you can expect or what, what keynote you might um, be looking forward to talking about or uh, listening to when you get down there and hearing down at the conference. Do you have any one particular that uh, you have in mind at this point? Uh, yeah, I'll definitely see you there, Keith. Um, I Good. don't uh, have any particular in mind. I always enjoy listening to or watching mm -hmm. Hamilton Morris. Mm -hmm. He's just such a, to me, you know, A, he's a crazy chemist, a legitimate chemist. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he's a documentary filmmaker. Like mm -hmm. for me, 
like I consider myself a marriage between science and art. I love both equally, and he's like this perfect marriage of like these two worlds. And you know, I I always love everything they talk about. He talks about things from a you know rigor and also nuance, and he has a way to a beautiful way of communicating. So I love um, you know uh, seeing him talk. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I just enjoy Wonderland because it's like seeing old friends, and mm-hmm. particularly right now when a lot of things seem to be going wrong, it's nice to be among others who feel mm-hmm. equally um, mm-hmm. enthralled by mm-hmm. the work we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of community uh, activities there to go ahead and network and connect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think this whole idea of moving it into health and wellness and longevity. And really looking at it, you know, uh, as you know, the medicine is really helping us to show up and be more present for our own life. And what does that mean? It means we make better choices. It means we live a better life and really having the people there that are going to go ahead and help us on that road or on that journey, I think is going to be very helpful. So totally. And I agree with that. I think, and and ultimately was the point of living longer if it's not going to be better. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really the exciting part. It's it. it's not quantity, it's quality, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So uh let me ask you, Rod, uh how would people get a hold of you and uh uh find out a little bit more about your work and uh you know really uh kind of dig your dig a little deeper into what you're up to? Yeah, thanks, Heath. First of all, I really appreciate the interview. The questions were great, really had a lot of fun speaking with you. You. Uh, if people are interested, they can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Rod Suraj. Uh, they can also find Mission Club uh, on on Instagram. They want at Mission Club Co. Uh, my podcast is called Minority Trip Report uh, on Instagram at Minority Trip. Um, the website is MinorityTrip.com or the website is MissionClub.co. So mm-hmm. no M at the end, MissionClub.co. Great, great. And I, I really appreciate your uh, insights and your perspectives and your values and the integrity that you bring to it. Uh, and uh, it's a real realistic appraisal of what's going on without all the, you know, pump, you know, everyone's so excited about it. It's nice to hear the level setting and the balance. So thank you very much for showing up and being here. Thank, thank you. you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Raz Siraj, for sharing your insights and experiences today. You have shed light on the convergence of community, consciousness, and capital in the emerging ecosystem of psychedelics and the importance of diversifying the narrative landscape in this field. We wish you all the best in your future endeavors and hope to see you at Wonderland in Miami 2023 at the conference. And to our listeners, use the discount code MINDFULNESS20 to receive 20% off of the registration cost. That's the regular registration cost. It's a unique opportunity, and I really hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience podcast, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.